1: All right, our Super Bowl Friday show with Cooley today is presented by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.com or MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code, KevinDC, and they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. I've said this many times, very few shops onshore or off it are going to give you $1,000 up to $1,000 to gamble with. Uh, my bookie's going to do it. They've got every single prop bet you can think of for the Super Bowl. The line right now is Rams minus four and a half. The total's 48 and a half. The first half numbers are minus three Rams and 23 and a half Rams, um, which uh, could be included, Cooley, in the smell test. Um, but bookie has got everything you need. It's a fair spot. You're going to get paid, good lines, good pricing. MyBookie.com, MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code, KevinDC. They'll double your first deposit up to $1,000. bucks. you will have plenty of money, uh, extra money, free money uh, to bet with on Super Bowl Sunday. Cooley's with me today. And I was thinking before we get to the Super Bowl, we have not talked prior to we talked prior to we have not talked since the actual announcement you know we talked about the commander's name but you and I did talk um off the air about what your reaction was when you actually saw it and saw the uniforms and everything else which happened a week ago Wednesday so when the whole thing was unveiled what did you think share every share with everybody your reaction
2: I, I hate it. I, I think it's ridiculous. I, I don't like the name Commanders. I didn't like the name Commanders going into it. But I did call you to tell you I thought it would be completely indifferent, which to some extent I am. I mean, they were going to be something new anyways. But that uh, wasn't quite the case. It was it's just, it's not my thing. Let's put it that way. Not my thing. I won't be a commander. I, I got some messages and texts and things from people. They like, go, oh, how does it feel to be a commander? Like, that's, I'm not a commander. I'll never be part of that. It's, uh, that's uh, I'm, I'm a Redskin. It was not a slur when I played as a part of the Washington Redskins. And those are what the Super Bowl teams are as well. And I'll always see it that way.
1: Uh, so r- remember, I, I said to you, I think a lot of people, and you said, well, I'm, it's not going to affect me. And this was before. And I said to you, I think a lot of people, it's going to be really a reality slap in the face. Like we've been living in this interim period. I'm being repetitive for a lot of people, so I'll just cut to the chase. And you've heard this before. But it's been this interim period of Washington and the uniforms have looked the same. And it's, you know, Washington against Dallas and Washington against Philadelphia, which by the way, it can can continue to be. But then there's this new branding and they got the championship years wrong, et cetera, et cetera. But I said to you, I think a lot of people, it's going to be the final um, blow. Um, Listen to what John Riggins said yesterday on his YouTube show with Todd Castleberry. Um, Really good show. They do a great job together. You can catch it on YouTube. This is what Rigo said. uh, I guess his first comments on the team name.
3: When I see that now, Washington commanders... I got to tell you something. There's a there's a line in a poem, "The Dangerous Dangerous Dan McGrew" by Robert Service, and the end of it is about a miner who was out and he comes back and this girl, Lou, had basically used him, took all of his money and, and you know and then but she was a floozy, and as soon as he was out of money, it was on to the next guy, which happened to be Dangerous Dan McGrew. But there's a line in it that says, "If you ever felt like your life had been looted clean of all that it once held dear." And I gotta tell you, I would have never dreamed that that was the feeling I was gonna end up with. I feel completely disenfranchised. And I cannot, for the life of me, this is me, John Riggins talking here, I can't understand how anybody who once played under the, the, the old franchise name, the, the original franchise name, could possibly wanna be a part of anything with Washington Commanders. It just, like I said, I feel completely disenfranchised. And it's like all of a sudden you've entered oblivion. And, and I, I, you know, for the guys, I mean, everybody's going to make their own decision. And that's cool. To, you know, it's like the guys that showed up last week. They're out there, Dexter and some of the other people, Joe Theismann and Mark Mosley and Doc Walker and all of For you guys, you got a different point of view because it's like a different culture. But for John Riggins and I, and, and for the life of me, though, I, I got to say this. I kind of look at them and go, what's wrong with you? don 't you get it? You were invited to your own funeral
1: what's so funny coolly about Rigo 's comments is that I would have never guessed that he would have said that. I always view the two of you as very similar, like you're like like you said to me before uh, you said, shit, yeah, i'll take my jersey as a commander's jersey if as long as i 'm going to get paid for it, and I kind of felt Rigo would feel the same way, but the actual announcement, and then seeing it, and seeing it in print, and seeing the uniforms, I mean, Rigo said he felt completely disenfranchised, like he had entered into oblivion, that for the guys that were there uh, last Wednesday, it was like they were invited to their own funeral. I mean, you know, and by the way, Rigo's jersey was being sold in a commander's jersey, I believe, and he has stopped that. For, for the time being. They pulled those from uh, whatever site they had in selling them. And I, I didn't think you were going to feel that way. I thought a lot of people were going to feel that way, but I didn't think you were going to feel that way, especially since like the day before or two days before, you said you wouldn't feel that way, but you do.
2: Well, I, the reason I wouldn't feel that way is in part because of some of the things over the last two years, I, I just lost, some of the attachment that I had as a part of the franchise. Right. So I uh, wasn't that immediately connected the way I had been over the previous 16, 17 years. They, they're going to change it anyways. But I also feel like there were a lot of steps that could have been taken over the past seven years that would have kept the original name. And so I think that just saying that, well, it had to change and it had to be something isn't. Necessarily, the exact truth on that. Um, all that said, I, I don't like the name commanders. I didn't. I don't care about the jerseys or big uniforms. I, I really haven't looked that much at them. I, I think they should have just changed it all. To be honest with you, I don't even think they should have tried to keep burgundy and gold. I, I think I think they should have just moved on.
1: <laughs> well, <clears throat> I mean, one of their uniforms is just black. I mean, I know it's got some gold on it, and the road uniforms is white, white, white on white with. Uh, what Jason Wright told me is a burgundy number. It looks more, you know, garnet or scarlet or pink, even. Um, but whatever. Um, look, I, I, I get you, I get how you feel. Um, and you know, your comment about things could have been done. This got swept up in in the aftermath of George Floyd um, into an incredibly, you know. Um, woke culture, to use uh, the, the term that everybody's used. Things changed uh, societally. Um, who knows? The pendulum might be swinging back the other way. Who knows? Um, and, and, but, th- but, that na- but that ship has sailed. I do agree with you As you know, I've said for many, many years, if I had been the franchise and nobody listens to anybody um, that actually knew anything about the franchise over the years out there, and they still don't, but I would have petitioned just at least one dictionary for a second non-pejorative definition of the word because the mic drop was always for the other side. It's dictionary defined. Insensitive, racist, and if you could have come up, and language evolves, and there there are petitions to dictionaries to change meanings of words and add words, etc. If you had come up with a second non-pejorative definition, Redskins noun, the team that plays football in Washington D.C., then you would have had um, the ability to say, no, 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 there are two meanings to this word. We're using the second meaning. Um, because the truth is, as we've discussed many times, Redskins in, in a way in describing a Native American was not a term that had been – it's just not a term that was ever used in, in the last half century. No one used that term in normal society. Uh, by the way, in the same – and you know this because you went to a lot of the reservations and not even used that way on reservations other than to describe the pro football team that played in Washington. But anyway – the ship is sailed. It's over. My personal opinion is it feels like an expansion team, but unfortunately we're not getting a new owner. Um, and so therefore uh, I understand why a lot of people, even with the feeling of an expansion team are done. Like they're completely done. Now, one last question on this. You said you'd love it. If your uniform was sold in a commander's Jersey, because it would mean more money to you. How do you feel now about that? Rigo doesn't want to see it. Uh- I don't care. It's a number. <laughs> You'll take
2: the money. Well, here's the difference. is the It's not like I'm going to sell the 100,000 jerseys, so I'm really not going to get any money from it. So I should just say no. Yeah, I'll say no.
1: Will you, is it no or yes? I'll say no. Well, you just said yes... 30 seconds ago.
2: Well, I, I, I'm running it through my head. I haven't thought that hard okay. about it.
1: Well, what if you see your jersey out there? Are you going to call them up and d- tell them not to do it?
2: I don't really understand. I guess if you're not – I don't understand if you can say yes or no on
1: yeah, that. Yeah, good point. Can you? Or do, do, don't they
2: – Well, I, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I'm not 100% sure if the bargaining agreements are different from Riggins time to our time or if that encompasses his or I'm actually not sure if I could say yes or no to that
1: Hmm. yeah because they they can certainly put 47 and say it's Kalik Hudson on there you know I mean they can do that but they uh, they would
2: have they would have and leave it nameless
1: Yeah, I mean, 47 leave it nameless, 47 put it Hudson, but what we're talking about here specifically is a 47 and it says Cooley on the back. And you don't know. Yeah, I
2: understand
4: specifically
2: what we're talking about. But, but, I I mean, if you left it nameless, it would suggest that it would be mine. Yeah,
1: you
4: wrote
2: Cooley Hudson, it's Cooley Hudson. I know, but if they left it nameless. you're not going to sell very many jerseys.
1: Let's just say for a moment that you did have control over whether or not they sold you in any jersey. Okay, um, if it was nameless, it'd be pretty hard to make the – I mean, everybody would look at
2: 47. It's not and, pretty hard. It would be impossible for me to say anything.
1: Right, exactly. Even though the, when we see 47, we would think Chris Cooley. Um, all right, uh, I want to talk Super Bowl with you. I just want you to know, because Cooley has not followed any of – the stuff that's been going on with the Wilkinson investigation, with the Tiffany Johnston allegations.
2: Um, oh, I know. I know. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, let me just, well, you told me before you, you proposed been...
2: to me. Here's what, no, just stop for a second. Okay. You just proposed to me. Do you know anything that's went on in the <laughs> last week?
1: And what did you say?
2: I said, no, but the Tiffany Johnston stuff was started well over a week ago.
1: That's true. It started uh, eight
2: days ago. Yes. And I'm, uh, so I always think you're talking about like specific, maybe like a trade or a thing or. You know, no, I said the,
1: I said the Snyder stuff. Any of the investigation Snyder stuff? Have you been following? Yeah, it? I, I know. Said some no. of, I know
2: some of the Snyder stuff. I know some of the Wilkinson okay. stuff. I I know I, is the wrong answer. Okay. I started with no with the jersey.
1: <laughs> is this going to be a changing? I mean. This will be fun yes, because whatever, however you answer, like when I say, "Who do you got in the Super Bowl? Who are you picking?" You'll you'll say uh, Bengals, but then everybody's going to have to wait about fifteen or or twenty seconds to see if you change your mind because it might happen. That's today. Today is is a show titled "Wait Thirty Seconds and Cooley Will Change His Mind."
2: <laughs> see, but you asked me about the the. The Washington stuff before the show started.
1: I wanted to know if we would even talk about this together, if you wanted to talk about it. And my question, I think verbatim, was Have you been following at all the Snyder, Beth Wilkinson, Congress stuff this week? And you said no. And when you say yeah, no, it that. usually I means really that you really that. don't
2: know. But you just said, Have you been following the football team stuff?
1: I, I think I was more specific.
2: I, I promise you weren't.
1: Okay. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> in 10 seconds you'll say, actually, you know what? I think you were um, more specific on this stuff. So, No, I won't change that. Look, you know what? I don't want to spend a lot of time on it anyway. The bottom line is just catching you up to speed on the things that I don't think you know. Two days ago, Dan decided that on the Tiffany Johnston allegations, he was going to launch an investigation, so-called independent investigation, into himself. Great idea, Um, because an hour after he announced that, Roger Goodell said, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Any investigation is not actually going to be done by the team about the team. Uh, Just emasculating um, poor Dan on this. Um, And then we had yesterday the league pushing back on all these documents that Congress is asking for, saying that Dan's the one that's holding it up. So let me just net it out for you. I still don't think anything is going to happen here that will eventually lead to Dan Snyder being forced to sell the team. I think there are too many owners, as Howard Gutman told us earlier in the week on the podcast, that have done probably a lot worse or something similar to Dan. They know he is one litigious son of a bitch, so this thing would be in courts for years. They would be at risk if they go down the path of trying to remove him. Actually, by the way, there's a big difference between forcing him to sell and removing him from day-to-day operations. Neil and Rockville pointed that out uh, out to me this morning on the show uh, because it was something that Roger Goodell uh, brought up the other day. I just think that these owners aren't going to go down that path unless there is something so outrageous. Do I think they'd love to see him gone? 100%. Do I think they are embarrassed with him being an owner of one of their of one of their football teams? A hundred percent. Are they getting annoyed and sick of every single week and every single day something else? Him doing something else stupid, by the way. Um, yes. Are they upset about this lucrative market having been reduced to you know the lowest attendance market in the NFL? Um, of course. I just don't think even though it feels like the league is slamming him down and distancing themselves from him. I think all this will lead to another fine, maybe a suspension, but I don't think it'll lead to like him being removed or him being forced to sell the team. That's the way I feel today. Um, I don't know, maybe in, a, in 30 seconds or 30 minutes, I'll change my mind.
2: You know what, how I know that you do a radio show by yourself now? You just proposed six questions to yourself and answered all of those in that span of time.
1: I, I, ha, I It's really... I. You know how I hate doing a radio
2: show by myself. I would much really rather be did, doing it with you. Do you think this? Yes. Do I believe this? No. <laughs> test six questions to yourself. <laughs> so here, do I think... Is, is he a... An individual university. He's going to launch an investigation into himself. Oh, I love that. First of all, he already launched it, launched an investigation into himself or his own team, and that was Beth Wilkinson. And from a lot of people that I've talked to, and a lot of people over the last whatever week, it was essentially so he could find out anybody that had anything bad to say about him, and have them sign NDAs and move on, and say we did an investigation, and everyone signed an NDA. That's basically what happened from the Wilkinson report. Is he he offered it? Said let's do an investigation. <laughs> the NFL is the only other people that have any idea. They don't want it out at all. But the interesting thing is, if it goes to Congress, anyone he signed the NDAs with has to talk in Congress.
3: Well, and he
2: signed a lot. They they signed some NDAs through that process. Like that was really like a self. Like how could we? How can we clean up all the loose ends here without telling anybody else what happened? This is the way I see that.
1: Right. So uh,
2: that's an interesting one. Do I think that anything happened? I, I have no idea. His own investigation will turn up, you know, whatever. Well, they, out it.
1: no, they took the investigation away from him. I mean, this is—I I know. Yeah, they took but it he's right still away. Still going to do
2: one? I just—I think it's a. I think you should still launch it, though. Okay. Did, do you do? Like, How do you investigate yourself? In a situation, in a matter like that, how do you how do you launch that investigation?
1: Well, you pay for uh, a so-called independent investigator to come in and investigate these allegations. They just did that. Well, no, they the, just did the, No, the, that, t- the, no, the But we're talking about the Tiffany Johnston allegations, which are new. I, know, Tiffany I know. So how do they? Yeah. So
2: they got to go. They got to go interview everybody else. Yeah, I mean, and it, interview you, and there's, there's going to be no video, so it's going to be his word against her word.
1: Precisely. You don't you don't you don't announce that you're gonna launch an investigation into yourself unless you know what the outcome's gonna be. It's a PR stunt. But my point, Cooley, is somebody should have been in the room to say don't you understand how transparent this is? Don't you understand that everybody understands that an independent investigation that you're paying for is never going to be perceived as independent? Don't, don't, don't you understand that people understand that if you're going to launch an investigation into yourself, that they pretty much know you know and that you're, you're going you're to control the result? And by the way, the hand on the thigh is pretty much unprovable. Um, it's, just, it's just a bad idea. And oh, by the way, and I didn't think ab- about this in the moment— um, so I, I would have never been able to give him this advice. I, my advice would have been do not do this, um, but because it, it's not going to look independent, it won't feel independent, nobody's going to buy it, and you're going to look stupid again, per usual. Um, but the other part of it is somebody you know much smarter should have said... The league's not gonna let you do it, just like they wouldn't let you do the Beth Wilkinson thing. And they're gonna they're going to emasculate you, emasculate you literally within an hour after this leaks out that you're gonna do it. Just stop. Just stop. Um, but okay, can we move on unless you've got something else on this? Nothing. Okay. I do have a couple of other Washington football team things, and then we'll preview the Super Bowl together. But I really want your preview of it.
2: They're the commanders.
1: So the Washington. Uh, you were talking
2: about the, the commanders. You I say don't say it.
1: I, it's hard for me to say.
2: You have to say it if you're going to keep talking about them and doing your deal and making money off of them. Then you have to say <laughs> their name.
1: It's really hard for me to say. I, I I I I've I've hashtagged it because that's the hashtag that people are checking, you know, on Twitter, and I've said it a couple of times. But I've said it almost sarcastically. So I'm going to proceed using commanders, but it's going to come off as sarcastic. You ready? All right. I want to talk a little Washington commanders, I guess. Commanders football with you. Okay. Let me just get serious Mm -hmm. here for a moment. You're going to start saying it. I have have a serious question to ask you. I'm going to give you an option, okay, and just assume that they're both real possibilities. Aaron Rodgers – playing for this team going uh, into age 39 season or Russell Wilson for this team going into age 34 season which of the two would you choose if you were Ron Rivera and company
2: yeah you're going to choose If, if I'm Ron Rivera I'm going to choose Aaron Rodgers because if I'm Ron Rivera, I think he gives me the best chance to win more games right now. I don't know. Russ wins a lot of games. Russ has, Russ has been as many Super Bowls.
1: More, he's been to two.
2: Yeah. So wh- Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. He is the MVP. Y- you need to win right now. You'd take the number one if you had the choice. I would take Russell Wilson over Aaron Rodgers.
1: Hold on. Wait a minute. Did you just change your mind again?
2: You. Oh, you said Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera, Rivera, Aaron Rodgers.
1: Okay, so tell me why you would take Russell Wilson.
2: I just don't see the longevity in Aaron Rodgers. Let me let me not change my mind. Propose that in talking to Aaron Rodgers, he were to commit to a new four year deal, in which he assured me that he was excited to play football and wanted to continue to play for four more seasons. Let's assume that that's true. Rodgers.
1: Let's ass- let's assume that's true, and let's assume, by the way, Russell Wilson was still two years left on his deal, also signs an extension. Okay, so let's make it apples to apples. They're both excited. They both have something to prove, and they're both under contract for the next three to four years minimum.
2: I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it okay. gives me enough time to find another quarterback potentially. To draft a quarterback over the next four years to develop a quarterback if I need to, even in the last, if it's just one year, I think Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. Gives me more chances to win. I would take Rodgers.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen any, uh, I've, I've seen no evidence that Aaron Rodgers is all of a sudden going to fall off the cliff in terms of a performance um, from a performance standpoint at age 39 or 40.
2: No. And he's but a, all you're really asking me is who do I think is a better player, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? Right. Because we've we've made this utopia hypothetical where they're both doing everything you want. I, I think you're going to get more out of Russell Wilson over the next five, six years or four years even than Aaron Rodgers. I just don't. I look, I look at him and I just don't. I'm Rodgers, I mean. I, and not on the field. Any Anywhere on the field, he's, he's Aaron Rodgers. Everywhere else, he just has this dead look in his face like he's over it
1: okay well I mean I understand and you know you've got to you've got to have this thought that he is going to be motivated by this and that he is you know so um I'm with you I would go with Aaron Rodgers because flat out uh if I've got Aaron Rodgers for three years even though I might have Russell for five the next three years are going to be better than the next three years with Russell and because Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. Russell Wilson's an elite quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback, and they'd be a contender with Russell Wilson. But I think that if Aaron Rodgers got traded to this team, let's just say for three firsts in Daron Payne, that Washington and the Rams next year would actually be with Brady out of the conference, um, would actually be the co-favorites to, uh, to make uh, the Super Bowl next year. I think if Russell Wilson were the quarterback, Washington would be in the top four, or top five of NFC teams. But I think if Aaron Rodgers were on this team next year, you know, maybe the Rams would be a slight favorite. But and, and then it would be Washington, it would be San Francisco. But we, you know, we don't know enough about Trey Lance. Dallas would still be in the mix. Um, but you know, look at you know, look at the NFC right now with no Brady in it. I mean, and maybe by the way, no Rodgers in it. If he gets traded to Denver. And then Russ came here. Um, but, yeah, no. I, I, um, Aaron Rodgers actually gives you a chance for the first time in 30 years to legitimately contend for a deep playoff run. You agree with that or not?
2: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I, we talked about this a little bit last time. I, I said if I were Aaron Rodgers, I'd want to bring my own offensive coordinator. And Devontae Adams with you. I'd want Yeah, I'd, and I'd want Devontae Adams. I that that may or may not work out, but there's still enough weapons here. He'd like Terry McLaurin just like he likes Devontae Adams.
1: Yeah, well they could get they could have both because Washington's got the cap space.
2: <clears throat> yeah, that would be exciting.
1: Would be exciting. Um for the commanders. For the commanders.
2: They uh, could hashtag take command.
1: And you uh-huh. and, and, oh, I know. And your position um on the Commanders quarterback situation this off season is that if Deshaun <laughs> Watson were available, you'd be all in, right? You'd say damn to, to the PR.
2: Uh if I were sitting in Ron's shoes, yes. If I needed to win this year, I'm I'm finding a way to win, yep. I think he needs to win. Yep. Do you think he survived? Here, Here's a very serious question for you. Does he survive another seven-win season or less?
1: Um, yes is the answer in terms of the uh, Dan and Tanya decision on him. But I have had this weird feeling that – he has, he's come into this thing. It has been a stressful thing since the moment he arrived. It's been much more than he thought, not to mention his own personal health issues. And that if he has another seven-win season and there's no prospect for it improving significantly in year four, that he might decide to hang it up. Really? That's my feeling, yes. It's just a gut feel. That if he's 7 and 10 next year and it was Mitch Trubisky quarterbacking and it wasn't that great, and there's no, you know, their draft position isn't going to be good enough to get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or any of the really good quarterbacks that will be in the 2023 class, um, and that he's staring at kind of 7 he and won't 10, do it. I think he would, I, I, I think that the health, he'd cite health and move on. But I don't think Dan's going to be Do able to you fire him. Do understand
2: what a massive letdown that is to all of your team that you worked with? What a massive cop-out that would be.
1: Well, it's three years. It's three years of a five-year deal. He didn't leave uh-huh. after the first year.
2: Walking away from all your coaches and players. If, you ci- a- if, you, if you're citing,
1: yeah. if you're citing oh. health. Um, as a, as a reason, it's it's not. A... I
2: saw him on the NFL Network today. He doesn't have any health problems.
1: He doesn't right now, and I'm not saying he's going to in the future. But I think that the
2: well, then if you're going to fake health problems, you I didn't be say fake faker.
1: health problems. I'm just saying what might be okay, in the so, best okay, interest so of his long term health. He
2: gets, if he gets new, you're, you're suggesting he gets new <laughs> health problems.
1: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. I've had this gut feel. I actually had it during the season this year about even this off season. But if you're if you're telling me it's another seven and ten season to answer your question, I do not think he gets fired. Um, I don't. Uh, I think he is probably in terms of the competence and the quality of person, um, they as as high as high level as anybody they've had in that spot in in several years. Um, and when you look around the building, I mean. You know, you do have Martin Mayhew, and you got Herney, and you've got Jason Wright. But, you know, the owner needs to surround himself. Well, he doesn't know what a good person looks like, Um, but whatever. I don't think he'll get fired, to answer your question. But I do think if 7-10, and and it's not like with the arrow pointing up because you drafted a young quarterback who started to play really well. You know, Kenny Pickett started to play really well at the end of the year, and you won four out of your final five games to finish 7-10. If it's not one of those scenarios, if that's not the context, and it's more like, oh my God, we've got Tyrod Taylor coming back again next year and we can't draft one of the really good quarterbacks, I just have this weird feeling that he might hang it up you know, after, th- after the third year and five and just cite something like it's in the long-term best interest of me and my
2: family and my health. Fair enough. What would get him fired?
1: You know, Chris – I mean Jay Gruden Nothing. Jay Gruden's let's not forget, you know, for all started the, on five. The, the uh, for all the impulsiveness of the first, you know, twelve years, thirteen years of his ownership, Jay Gruden lasted into his sixth season with a losing record and with no real hope at any point other than the fifteen sixteen stretch. You know, and so I that was I, his third year. I know the 15th no the 15, 15, he made the playoffs 15, in the 15th 15th no 15, third year no second year he made the playoffs in his second, second year yeah and, and then, then yeah and then had a winning season in his third year and should have made the playoffs um yeah. and then 17 you know look bruce chalked it up to all the players on injured reserve and said we're close famously well he wasn't so far off the injuries in 2017 were devastating. Remember those games where they had offensive linemen that were introducing themselves when they walked into the building on Saturday or Sunday before. The, remember the Seattle game when they had like one like backup offensive lineman that had been on the team and somehow they won the game? Like that so they chalked that up they they rolled it back in in 2018 with Alex Smith and obviously, you know, it was never going to be, you know, they were 6 and 4. I like to say six and four because they were going to lose that game in Houston <laughs> regardless.
2: Um, but uh, they weren't going to lose regardless because they came down to a pass interference call. The true, the game they had a the chance to with, win with, with Colt. With with Colt, Alex wasn't playing okay, well in that game. But I mean, Colt brought him back to a chance to win.
1: Yeah, Alex. So, uh, it, was, it was Alex's worst game before the injury. he had thrown a pick. He had thrown two picks and a pick huh. six. Um, I don't think he's going to get fired. I, I, I don't think that if you don't give him, actually, I shouldn't say if you don't give him. If he doesn't give himself, because he's the final say on football operations and on personnel in this coach centric system, if he doesn't find a quarterback that gives you hope, at, worst case, going into 2023, like let's just say they strike out on Rodgers, Wilson, and Watson, which is, you know, the betting favorite and that Derek Carr stays in Vegas and Kirk Cousins, he wouldn't come in here anyway, stays in Minnesota and Garoppolo goes elsewhere. And you're down to like Mitch Trubisky and Tyrod Taylor and Marcus Mariota and Andy Dalton, et cetera. And you end up with Trubisky and you draft Kenny Pickett at number 11. I'm just giving you the hypothetical and you go through all of next year and Trubisky sucks and Pickett doesn't show growth i still think that you know I don't know. I don't see Ron Rivera getting fired by Dan. I think there's too much other shit going on for him to fire him and get a and and i I mean and by the way, the fan base might be calling for it if they go for seven and ten next year, but that's the way I feel now,
2: yeah, you can't quit. The, and here's the one thing with the quarterback, where you you need to show growth and show promise. Ron's essentially the acting GM as well, right? He, he's he's pulling the strings, he's making the moves. Him, he's the one that's going to offer up picks and offer up whatever. He he's put the stuff together for Stafford. He'd put whatever for Rogers or the draft. It it is Ron. I mean, they're evaluating in the back office. He's he's going to make those choices. That's right. So it's. it's not like you can point to somebody else. Like, a lot of people could point to Bruce and Dan initially when Donovan McNabb showed up, even though they thought they had a little more control. I think Ron does have control.
1: Uh, I totally agree with you. I've, I mean, I asked him as much. You know, he said it's going to be a group effort, but the final say, you know, on on this stuff rests with me. And they're going to – look, I think there's a lot of things going on here. Um, oh. But – They have talked about needing to swing big for a quarterback. They're going to swing big for a quarterback. Everything makes sense as to why you would right now because you don't have one, A, and, B, you've just launched this new thing that has made one of your all-time greatest players and maybe the most popular player in team history say he feels completely disenfranchised and felt like watching some of his former teammates up there that they had been invited to their own funeral. So you've got to, you know, it's not that Ron has to win, uh, in my opinion, although you might be right. Okay, you might be right. It's that the for, from, from a business standpoint, if they don't win and win quickly and contend quickly, whatever's left of the fan base, at that point, you might as well move the team and the commanders to St. Louis and ask for an expansion team. The Arches. Move it to the city with the big
2: Arches. They could be the Arches.
1: I like St. Louis. It's actually not a terrible town. There's some beautiful places. Yeah, they could, in they St. could
2: rename. They could change. They could change the name again if they if they go to expansion. It gives them an opportunity to change again. They could go to the Arches.
1: Um, do you have any thoughts on, uh, or do you have a guess on how the quarterback thing plays out for them over the next couple of months? I mean, you can wait to to make an educated guess, a more informed guess for a future podcast. But do you have any uh, guess right now?
2: Yeah, they don't get any of the top four guys. They end up making a move for Jimmy Garoppolo and they draft
1: somebody. They make a move for Jimmy Garoppolo and what?
2: And then they end up drafting somebody right now.
1: Okay, so you think Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback and they draft somebody? What do you think you have to yeah, what do you what do you have exactly. to what do you have to give up for Garoppolo?
2: I think you end up having to give up a second and a player. Like Deron Payne.
1: Really a second and Deron Payne, not just a second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's preview the Super Bowl next right after these words from a few of our sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
4: Don't forget to subscribe to the
1: podcast. Also, rate us and review us, especially on Apple and Spotify. Uh, those of you that haven't done it on Apple, please do it, because those of you that have done it recently, it's been a big help. Rate us five stars if you don't mind. Write a one- to two-sentence review. You can pause the podcast right now. It'll take you 30 seconds to do it, and it is a major help um, for us. Thanks. Uh, Coolie's with us. Uh, I've got my smell test coming up on the Super Bowl. Um, it will include four selections. Four selections on the Super Bowl. Um, all right. Who do you like and why? Hold on.
2: Four selections? Yes. There's that many, there's that many stinky lines?
1: Um, last year, you're not going to remember this, but I'll just refresh your memory. Last year, I was two games below 500. And the Super Bowl had an over-under number, yeah, I which, do was, remember that. which was being bet by the public. They were going over. And the public was betting the Chiefs. So I went Tampa and the under. And then I went Tampa in the first half. And the Tampa, and Tampa uh, KC, under in the first half. All four hit. And I ended up two games above five hundred. In this game, there is a public lean on a side and a major public um, feel on the total. So I will have four selections again for for the Super Bowl coming up for the smell test. Nice.
2: Nice. Well, everyone I know wants the Bengals to win because it's exciting. The Rams are going to win this game. I think the Rams are going to win this game easily. I think it's a bad matchup for Joe Burrow. I don't think it's a good matchup for Zach Taylor in that offense, but Sean understands incredibly well. I think Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller and the rest of that defensive line for the Rams is actually pretty good defensive line. Yeah, they're going to create problems completely in the run game for a Bengals team that really doesn't. I mean, mixing the good back, P Ryan's not. They really don't run it incredibly effectively. They don't have a good offensive line, and essentially they're waiting for their opportunities to set up play action where they can get shots down to the down the field um, and try to utilize Jamar Chase and. Unless they find a dynamic way to utilize Jamar Chase, where they're somewhat treating him like Debo Samuel, I mean, even more than they ever do, I don't see that offense really getting going against what is a good Rams defense. I also have brought up the point that I think Jalen Ramsey, he might not cover Jamar Chase exclusively one-on-one all day, has the ability to bring pressure and cover him one-on-one 30 to 40% of the time, making it really tough really, really tough on Cincy's offense to get going. The flip side of it is while Cincy is a good defense, we have talked about the Rams, and I think that with Shelby, Michelle and Stafford and the play-action game setting up their run game more than the run game sets up the play-action, they'll get the ball down the field. you got to be aware of Odell Beckham. Cooper Cup is such a problem once you're aware of Odell Beckham. The Rams have too many problems and issues for Cincinnati. I think, no question, I would take the the Rams to cover this uh, all day, all day. Maybe the St. Louis Rams
1: uh, in L. A. Wh- what would what could go wrong for the Rams?
2: Blocked field goal return, uh, pick off of someone's shoulder pads, unfortunate events would could go wrong for the Rams, in my opinion. Unfortunate events can change a game immediately, and I'm not suggesting that this is a blowout game. So, even if I said the Rams and I thought the line probably should be closer to six, which I do, the one fl- one flip play at the end of the half or one big play, and the Bengals have gotten them in the postseason. That's definitely helped their, their little streak into the playoffs. Uh, one bounce off someone's shoulder pad and, and right into your safety hands will change things. Something like that could change things. But I don't think in a just consistent, clean game that Cynthia is good enough. So did I, I say that, though? And look at what they did against the Chiefs. Like, they battled the whole first half. You look at the end of that game, like how many third down and five sixes that they had to grind out to barely get just to stay alive in that game there were four or five third and sixes that they got by a yard in the first half that that they had to get to stay alive right so they do grind they, they I mean you can tell that that's a team that'll battle
1: it's a team that's that beat the number 1 seed even though I don't think anybody thought Tennessee was the best team after absorbing nine sacks and nine additional quarterback hits in the game. I mean, it's really one of the more remarkable results in recent NFL history that a quarterback got sacked nine times and hit an additional nine times, and they won the game. Well, they won the game because Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions in the game, um, but they also won the game because Joe Burrow survived it and kept making big plays after taking big sacks and being punished. I, th- I'm with you a hundred percent. It was my right when the matchup happened and the Rams won the game against the 49ers. I was sitting there. I didn't think the line would be six. My my son said. My son Corbin, who really follows this stuff closely and has a really good sort of gambling feel, he said, I, 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 Cincinnati just beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Why do you think they're go- the Rams are going to be favored by a field goal or, or somewhere in that range? And I said, because they're just better and, and, and they'll, they'll recognize the line of scrimmage differences. And he said, I think it's going to be like one, one and a half. And I said I thought it was going to be three, came out at three-and-a-half, went to four. It's been at four-and-a-half, whatever. Here's – I think the Rams are going to destroy Cincinnati's offensive line and that Aaron Donald's got a chance to be a defensive MVP in this game. And I just find it – as much as I love Joe Burrow and I love Jamar Chase and I love I think Kenny Mixon is so good – Um, and I think they'll tough it out as much as they can. I just think ultimately it's going to be hard for them to score. You know, Now, they've got a great kicker. This dude hasn't missed. He's phenomenal. And McPherson, if they can get consistently to like the 39, 38-yard line, they're going to put him out there, and he could have a, a bunch of long field goals. But I just see the line of scrimmage difference, especially Rams defense against Cincinnati's offense. With that said, as much as I am a Matt Stafford fan and always have been, I mean, in the game against the 49ers, he threw that ball up in the air, straight up in the air to Tart, and, he, and the dude just dropped it. And he had a lot of those games this year where he threw pick sixes and he threw balls where you're like, dude, wh- I'm sorry, wh- where where was that one going? And that would be the one way I think the Rams – Could lose the game. And that is if Matt Stafford, you know, ends up with one of those games like he had towards the end of the regular season, where, you know, in the last three regular season games, he threw seven interceptions. And so if he has one of those games and he had one interception against the 49ers and had a balloon ball that was just dropped by Tart. That would have been a huge difference maker in the game. I still don't think it would have meant game over for the Rams. They were still in the game, but it really would have gone a long way to uh, influencing the final score. And I think that's that's what I, I I worry about a little bit. Like Stafford's hyped up big game. I think he's already answered the critics, you know, by winning, um, you know, by winning three straight playoff games, including knocking off, you know, Brady on the road. Um, so I don't know if, like, there's super pressure on him to win this game. In fact, I think both teams go in there with kind of, you know, it's it's icing on the cake um, with the seasons they had. I think for actually the pressure is probably most on Sean McVay than anybody else because he only scored three points in that one lone Super Bowl that he took him to. But I think the only way the Rams lose this game is if Stafford ends up throwing some balls that get caught by, you know – um, uh a Cincinnati defense that isn't bad. I don't I don't think it's great. I love Trey Hendrickson, by the way, as a pass rusher, and I love Logan Wilson um at linebacker. Uh but that's the only way I see it happening. So I like the Rams big too. Um and I actually think it's going to be fairly big, like double digit big. Anything else on the game before I give you my smell test? Yeah, I just
2: think it's funny that I think the line should be six. I'm not surprised that it's four and a half, but you, you think it should have been three or four, but you think they're a double-digit winner. Yeah. Explain that.
1: What do you mean? I, we were having a conversation about what I thought the line would be.
2: Don't you, don't, don't you think the line should be higher?
1: No. That's the, no. I, the, what the line should be and what, what I think is going to happen negative in the game are two totally different things. Vegas is setting a line in which they hope to attract, you know, equal action on both sides. That's, that, that's why I thought the line would be 3-3 now. Yeah, if, if you
4: thought
2: the, the Rams were going to win, if you were Vegas and you thought the Rams were going to win by 10 points or more, you could set that line at 7 and hope to attract most Cincinnati betting. Yeah, I'm not saying but that. But then you do have the risk that if Cincinnati covers, you're, you're all out.
1: I'm not saying the odds makers feel that way. I'm just telling you how I feel in analyzing the game. Now, fortunately, my smell test kind of lines up with that because there is public action on Cincinnati, and there and and the reason I thought the Rams wouldn't be less. Than, I'm I'm surprised you thought it would be six because you're usually really good at this too. You've become very good at this in recent years. Um, I when you go when you beat the number one seed and then you go on the road and you beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead, you have become the darling. And Burrow and Chase and the Bengals are the darling of these playoffs. They have become what is it's, – it's rare in the NFL when an underdog team – um, is preferred by the public in terms of, 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 of a betting standpoint. Not necessarily you know, a, a preference in terms of, of winning you know, from non-betters. But football fans, even non-betters, are like, man, that Cincinnati story is kind of cute. You know, They got some great Cincinnati chili. Uh, I, you know, we can, we, We're going to get some Cincinnati chili. We're going to get some dogs to throw it on top of. And we're going to root for the Bengals. I feel like everybody's rooting for the Bengals. In the Super Bowl um, I also thought that a lot of the, the pundits would pick the Bengals which they're kind of split 2923 on the ESPN thing but I just from I just think the Rams defensively look at what they did to the 49ers run game in that NFC championship game. I mean it was it was dominant. They, the, the 49ers could not run the football against the Rams. I just like – I think the Rams are just a better team. But I think Stafford could yeah, think screw it up. Are,
2: I think they're – yeah. You know the one thing that the line could also represent is that Joe Burrow is amazing.
1: Yeah, exactly. about
2: that last game, too, and some, some of the stuff from the season. And he's got – don't think I'm saying that they're the same player. He's got – because Joe's got so much – as far as guts and charisma and leadership and, but all the second and longs and the third and whatevers and just reminds me so much of the season Kirk had where they went where they won the division. It was the second nine, and Sean McVay was the offensive coordinator. It was the second nine every down.
4: Like
1: you were so really, But it's really
2: incredible. Oh, was, you were sitting there, what Oh, man. But they had so many second-nine, second-ten, second-elevens, whatever. And Kirk really did. Uh, and Sean was a play caller. They both did a phenomenal job overcoming that. And Burrows had to do that all year. But as a second-year player, man, that's tough to overcome it. All those second-longs into third-and-sevenths. And, sevens. and he's, he's really found a way to do that as a as a very young quarterback. So the line could also represent the fact that just, maybe just Joe Burrow will be unbelievable like Patrick Mahomes was the year they won the Super Bowl that he he just couldn't stop him in the game yeah after after a slow start he just became unstoppable showed resilience and then became unstoppable weight
1: do you agree with me that Sean of, of all the people associated with the game this game that Sean's got the most pressure on him
2: not even close Sean without a doubt no question I, you know what's funny? I think Joe Burrow has more pressure on him than Matt Stafford. Like Joe Burrow is everybody wants him to be America's darling. Like, people like Stafford, but it's still like ah, that's Matt Stafford. You know? Yeah, good for him, He's getting his chance. But everyone wants to fall in love with Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah, but there's not pressure on Joe that. Burrow. He's already gone further than I, anybody uh, would have thought.
2: I think there's some pressure on him. Uh, let me put it this way: there's pressure on both quarterbacks. I mean, it's not like you're just going to be there again, but. And maybe Joe will. I don't know. And maybe they both, but it's not that easy. But yes, I would totally agree with you. Sean McVay has by far the most pressure on him, which is actually really funny because he's 36 years old. This is his second Super Bowl. He's done tremendous things in L.A. I mean, he's a very good coach. He wasn't great in the last game, obviously. He almost, I think, single-handedly cost him the game. Or he put him in some bad positions and made some bad play calls. But, yeah, no one else. I mean, who else has pressure? The the Bengals are a young team. Why would they have any pressure on them?
1: Yeah. They're having fun. It's
2: the way way everyone would perceive it. They're just out there running around, having fun. Where would you rather be?
1: I I asked Tommy this question yesterday. Like, Sean McVay's already thought of in coaching, you know, kind of circles and conversations as a very good coach. He's now in his second Super Bowl in his sixth season. If he wins this Super Bowl, is he one of the elite coaches? Like, does he move into the Belichick-Andy Reed category of elite coaches?
2: That's a tough question. I think that he's a top ten coach in the league, but without a doubt. I don't know if winning the game changes that. I mean, he's in the Andy Reid category if he wins this game. He's yeah. not in a Belichick category. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean,
1: wanna... that's stupid for me to I mean, nobody's in the Belichick category. But but do you then say that – Do you, will you say – and maybe it's the case now that he's back in this game anyway, win or lose, but that Sean McVay's an elite coach in this league, top five coach. Yeah.
5: Yeah,
2: I would say he's a top five coach.
1: Give me – just an X-factor player in this game. If you haven't thought about it, um, I have.
2: I, mean, I think Odell Beckham is an X-factor player in this game. I think Odell Beckham can change a game immediately with a big play, and, and i always looked at it as it, it could have been a slant, and his run after the catch is good enough that he'll take it. To, he'll take it to the house on a slant. To me, he's his speed and his he can change games. I mean, you know what you're going to get from Cooper Cup. Like, you, you just know you're going to get 11 catches and he's breaking out 120 yards, and you're going to give that up if you're Cincinnati because you just are. You're not getting beat per se that way. You just hope you're trying to stop him on third down. Um, the Rams aren't – I don't see them crushing into anyone in the run game. Um, the other side, I guess, you know, Ramsey could be an X factor for sure if he can play one-on-one, but I want to hear who yours is.
1: Well, I think when you have two weeks to prepare for a team, there's always somebody um, that you don't prepare for. Like, they're going to prepare for Aaron Donald. Doesn't mean they're going to stop him. But you can't call Aaron Donald an X-factor. They're going to prepare for, you know, Von Miller. Um, You really can't call, um, you know, Von Miller. Well, uh,
2: they they could be. I mean, I think Aaron Donald could be an X-factor. Well, four sacks in this game, he's an X-factor. Uh,
1: But I'm not really – that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for, like, the player that nobody – Yeah, that that people aren't expecting. Um, I I think Ashawn Robinson's developed into a really good player for them on defense. I also think Leonard Floyd's a beast, but I don't think anybody would consider Leonard Floyd necessarily to be, um, you know, a guy that would be uh, an X factor. So I was thinking more about the Rams because I think that they're going to win the game. I didn't really give much thought – to the Bengals side of it. Um, the, other, the other thing just offensively uh, for the Rams is that, you know, if, if you end up trying to take Cup or OBJ out of the game, I think Van Jefferson's a really good receiver. I think he's an excellent receiver, an excellent number three, and he could end up being the beneficiary of a lot of focus on Cup and a lot of focus on OBJ. By the way, you nailed that on OBJ. You can just see how defenses are reacting. He had a bunch of catches, but it's like it's making it so much easier for Cup and Higby when he was out there uh, as well. And I think, you know, it looks like he's going to play too. Um, yeah,
2: maybe, and Higby could be another guy that could be an X Factor. I actually really like Higby as a I know, I do. Yeah. I think,
1: I think he's good. All right. Uh, we will get to my smell test, and we'll both give a final score prediction when we come back, right after these words from a few of our sponsors.
0: The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that's with Babbel. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. Kevin looks where the John Q. public is putting their cash and does
1: the opposite. It's, it's time, time for, for the, the smell, smell test. test. All right, the smell test for the Super Bowl. Last time this year, presented by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.com or MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code DC. They'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar all the way up to $1,000. Free money. I don't know why you wouldn't take it. Um, all right. So I had both unders in the championship games, and I had the Rams minus three. Uh, I told everybody that even though it was three and a half, buy the half and take it at minus three. That was the only way I was going to play it. So I pushed that. I am three games below 500 for the season, so I need to go four zero, like I needed last year. I was two games below 500, um, and so I'm going to need a big day. I like the Rams minus four. Um, I actually like the Rams big. We'll give our final score correct uh, predictions here in a moment. I like the Rams in the first half. All right, the first half line is the Rams minus three, uh, and then I like the under 49 and the under in the first half, which I see a 24 out there, so I'm gonna take the 24 instead of the 23 and a half. So I'm giving myself the best numbers I can find. I got the Rams minus four. I've got the Rams up for the game. I've got the Rams minus three on the first half line. I've got the under in the first half 24, and I've got the under 49 in the game, all right? The public is definitely on the over. Uh, the unders worked in the in the two championship games. they should have worked for me in the divisional round, but we had a fourth and 13 converted by Josh Allen that then started an avalanche of points. Uh, we had Brady uh, you know and in, in, coming back against the Rams. that game was headed to under. Um, public betters love overs, especially in big games in national TV games and Super Bowls. I'll take the under, and believe it or not, you know, the public is on the dog. Uh, Not a big, big public play on the dog, but they're on the dog a little bit with Cincinnati, Um, and uh, I think it's, you know, again, for the reasons stated, I think, you know, it's Joe Burrow. They've fallen in love with Burrow. They've fallen in love with this team. This team beat the team they believe couldn't be beaten, especially in their home stadium at Arrowhead. Um, I like, uh, I like the Rams, uh, minus four for the game, minus three first half, 49 under and 24 on the first half under. Let's go. Um, how would you bet
2: this game? Jake, this is the last time you're going to do this this year. I want, I want to ask you one question before I answer Okay. And you usually I have a really good feel for this. What side are the sharks on?
1: The sharks are on the under and the sharks are mm-hmm. on the Rams, although there are sharks on the Bengals also. This line's very interesting. It got up to four and a half and even five in a couple of spots. And now it's down pretty much, I'm looking at fours, some three and a halves. I didn't take the three and a halves um, because there are so few of them. I still see some four and a halves. I see mostly fours. Um, so I don't I don't know what the sharks are doing for this one. Um but uh I know that they like the under in this game. Yeah. Uh the under is uh the under in all these games coolie tend to be kind of the under the over under on this game opened up at 50, it's down to 49 48 and a half. That's shark money moving it. Or if we if we stop joking around with each other, sharp money that's moving it
2: <laughs> um, why do you do that do why I do, I do you ruin things
1: i don't know i, I like i like when we do the you take um,
2: something like there's a fun little balloon floating around like children's birthday party and they're bopping it and bopping it and it's making a little noise and you walk over as a dad and go pop get that balloon out of here
1: i would never i would never i, I would too much fun with it. i would never do that um i was curious by the way just curious and i don't know if you have an answer to this but I was wondering what you thought of um, Liz Cam- Cambage in the year that she's having in, in Vegas for the Aces. You know, I mean, I,
2: she's, she's electric.
1: She's, Fire. she's electric. She is. I mean, I like that Aces team. You know, there's just something about the Aces. Um, did they? Ooh. I don't even know if they won or not. I think they may have won the WNBA title. All right, what is uh, how would you bet this? How would you bet this game? And then give me your final score, and then I'll give the final score.
2: Well, this game's uh, really a fun game to bet for me. Which I remember starting this betting process at five years old. I bet a two dollar bill on the Denver Broncos against the Forty Nine ers, five or six, and I lost. But before we get to my full bets, I. I don't know why I don't bet more first halves. I, like My attention span's so low, I should even go like first quarter. <laughs>
3: well, <laughs> yeah,
2: no. good. Bet, achieved, game off. Because some of the bets I've, I've had throughout the year, years, I get to the second half and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm done watching this. I'll find out on the internet. So I should bet the first halves. That being said... The Bengals are not a first half team, especially late in the season. The Rams have started fast in almost all of their games through the playoffs and as as the season wore on when Stafford got out of his slump. That said, I love the three points in the first half. I think that the Rams will easily cover that. The Bengals have been a second half team, and grinded it out and stayed resilient to game plan and continued to run the ball and battled and figured other teams out, made good adjustments, or as the dopes who call them the Sharks would say, made great halftime adjustments. (laughs) Like, you can make great adjustments in 12 minutes like you don't need to be consistently making them on the fly. (laughs) What did he say to you with the half? Well, we walked in. That took two minutes. We got a drink. That took one minute. We had about 55 seconds. We walked back out. Okay. Good adjustment, Coach.
1: You know, back in the day, they had longer halftimes. And, yeah. in, and at the Super Bowl, there's a very long halftime, much longer halftime in the Super Bowl than any other game during the year. So maybe they can. The
2: halftime adjustments. We'll get it done for the Bengals. Because of the extended halftime in the Super Bowl. So maybe I like the Bengals to cover this one just because of Zach Taylor's dynamic ability to adjust in an extra four minutes at the half. Now, I like the Rams all the way. I like the Rams to cover the spread. I like the Rams in the first half of this game. That, that would be my primary bet, I think, is the first half of the Rams. I don't know how I feel about the under because if the Rams start putting it on them a little bit, and maybe they won't, the game could go sideways on that total. That'd be what I'd be scared of in this game that's a big game. Um, what other prop bets are there? Are there some fun ones?
1: Um, I was just going to give you something. Like, give me your MV. Give me, first of all, give me your final score prediction.
2: Final score prediction is 27 to 13.
1: Okay. Well, that's Ramsay. Rams. That's Ramsey No, let,
2: no, let's write it down. Well, Might give him one more field goal. 27 to 16 because okay. that dude just kicked a million field goals. Yeah. 27 16.
1: So, I I just want to tell you my final score prediction is 24 to 14, but I really considered something like quirkier like 26 to 16 because that dude kicks so many field goals. And by the way, the Rams guy kicks a lot of field goals too. But you know what? I thought, well, everybody's going to have the over on the field goal stuff for the Super Bowl. So I think, and I'm going to give you that number here in a second. I think the under on the field goals, uh, uh, bet could be the right play uh, because I bet a lot of people are going over on Cincinnati's field goals. Anyway, 24, 14 Rams is my, um, final score prediction. Um, MVP right now on my bookie. Wow, there's a big difference on my bookie with Aaron Donald. Um, with uh, with a couple of other sites that I checked, anyway. Matthew Stafford is the favorite at plus one thirty. Joe Burrow is the second favorite at plus two fifteen. And on my bookie right now, Aaron Donald is the third favorite to win the MVP at plus four hundred. That is highly, highly unusual. I can tell you the MVP You know, odds are usually the two quarterbacks and then your top couple of receivers on both sides, your cu- top couple of running backs, before you even get to your first defensive player. It's just the way it usually goes. I love Aaron Donald. I'm going to tell you I don't love him at plus 400 because I'd like him at a, at a higher number. But I like Aaron Donald to be a kind of surprise, because it's a defensive player, a surprise MVP Winner.
2: Yeah, I, I I like that. I, he's got to score, or he's got to have two turnovers. Like he's got to have something happen. It's so hard because you just don't. He's constantly stuffing the run, or two sacks, or quarterback pressures. He, like, he, he's gonna have to have pressure, and then he's gonna have to strip Burrow. Burrow's gonna have to fumble. He's got to make a splash play. Let's put it that way. He has to make a splash play with the ball in his hand. That's what I would believe. Because okay. At, like, Cooper Cup's going to have 11 receptions and a touchdown and 120 yards. And that's going to be hard to say that um, Aaron Donald's up the run. And Matthew Stafford could throw for, you know, 290 and three touchdowns. And we don't care if he threw a pick or two picks because, look, it's 290 and three touchdowns. I, I think Aaron Donald will be as close as it gets to to the most valuable player in this game, just because of what I think he is and what I think the Rams will do. I just don't know if it will get appreciated unless he has a splash play. Ball in his hand. All
1: right, I got to tell you this because I just looked it up. So uh, this is going to be a prop bet that I'm going to play. Um, Evan McPherson, who is 12 for 12 in three uh, playoff games, Okay, he's had two games in which he's kicked four field goals. And another game in which he kicked. No, w- wait a minute. Hold, what am I talking about? It's three, four field goal games from McPherson, right? 12 for 12? That's the only way to get to 12 if, you, if two of them are four. Um, I think that's what it is. He kicked four against the Raiders. He kicked four. Yeah, he is 12 for 12 on field goals in the postseason, Evan McPherson is. Do you know what his over under for field goals in the Super Bowl is? Take a guess.
2: One and a Three. half. What? One and a half. Oh, you got to take the under. That's that's
1: <laughs> it's free money because everybody's going to be betting the over. Everybody's going to have Evan McPherson over one and a half field goals. All right. Yeah, that's an easy one.
2: Uh, you know what's going to happen? What? He's going to miss one.
1: So here, okay, you want his um, – let me just see what his odds on on missing. Uh, that,
2: that line on that is just Vegas screaming, Cincinnati is not going to score. Yeah,
1: of course. Um, McPherson missing a field goal, plus 325 on a missed field goal. So should we – I think we are both in – on plus three twenty five for McPherson missing a field goal and under one and a half field goals. And by the way, you, you, the best part about that is you could get a winner on the first drive of the game if he if he misses one. You have to wait the whole game on the other one. Um I love the prop bets that are I mean, decided it's not a right away.
2: Because like there there's enough opportunities in, in football games where you're kicking a sixty one yarder to end the half or a sixty 60- Three yarder to end the game. True, they're, they're tough to make.
1: True, he just hasn't. He hasn't missed I'm, one in forever. I mean, he has. I'll tell you the. I know he hasn't he's, missed. He's he, darn good. He missed one against Baltimore in the next to last game of the year. Um, he's twelve for they twelve. They call 12 him Money 20s. McPherson. Yeah, he's good. That's what they call him. All right. Money McPherson. Uh, we're wrapping this up for the day. It is beautiful here yep. today. Gorgeous. Uh, I am going out to play golf. Um, I know it's nice out there too. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. Let's talk. I'd like you to come on um, early next week and talk about the Super Bowl Monday if you want to do it. We can Go talk on. about the game, okay? Um, and uh, yeah. and that'll be fun. So we, but we're both we're both on the Rams. We're both on the Rams in the first half. I'm just syncing up a, what we're both on together. And we're both going to be on Evan McPherson missing a field goal at like plus 325. And Evan McPherson under one and a half field goals. My MVP guess is Aaron Donald. That's a that's a reach. That's a long – it's not that long shot. I thought it was going to be a longer shot. And your MVP pick is? Cooper Cup. Okay. Talk to you on Monday. Uh, I'm not – going to do any of the NBA trade stuff. I'll just net it out by saying I thought Tommy Shepard did really well yesterday, but I don't think the Wizards got any closer to contending. Although I would like to see what Beal and Porzingis look like together healthy. Uh, But we won't see that until next year. As far as the Terps getting beat, they're the worst defensive Maryland basketball team we've seen in years. And I'm just going to tell all of you Maryland people out there, they would not be anywhere near this bad if Mark Turgeon were the basketball coach. No chance that any of his teams would ever give up what they gave up last night. They'd be close to 500 in the Big Ten if he were the coach. Sorry, but that's the way I feel. Uh, Enjoy the Super Bowl. Be back on Monday with Cooley. Recapping the whole thing.